Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Gingval. I've got my guys, Robbie Falke and Rohit Malhotra, to talk about the latest news in the sneaker world and a little bit more. We've got some, Robbie's got some pickups he's got to share that are going to make me jealous. But before we get into this whole Kyrie Irving new fresh start, let's say, how you guys doing? I'm doing great. I get to talk to two of my best friends on a lovely, sunny Friday. Can't ask for much more than that. Roboito, how are you? Way to spill the beans, Nick, on what that topic is, but it's a good one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a polarizing topic, so that's why hey. it's a good topic. It makes you feel some kind of way. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of opinions around this topic, so I wanted to just be like, lock you in. Listen to this episode all the way through. It'll be a great conversation because... I think uh, in the words of, uh, you know, the great Frank Ocean, we're going to see both sides like Chanel, you know, like there's two ways to look at this and I could be convinced either way, but we'll see. Robbie, what's good with what's good with those converse you need to need, talk about? want, love to. I mean, they've been dropping some <laughs> some beautiful, beautiful things. There's like a new converse Chuck All-Star Cruise. So Chuck Taylor is like a thicker midsole Chuck. I don't have those in hand, but just even traveling around recently, those really big wavy bottom Chuck Taylors, they look like a normal Chuck, but there's a big clunky midsole. Have you, either one of you two seen those before? Um, I see them everywhere. I have no. Yep. Okay. I'm surprised you don't on, uh, on yep. you know, wherever you work because like they're such a creative shoe. Um, but no, Converse is just doing a lot of weird, fun, cool stuff. This is the second A Cold Wall Chuck 70 collab in the last, like, year. And a couple subtle differences. I actually have both pairs here. Um, but it's a really quick, weird thing you don't see on a lot of Chucks or clear toe boxes and clear tooling. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of that. On this second low top, they actually put A Cold Wall Converse kind of subtly on the toe box, which I like. Um, a Cold Wall is famous for their mismatched eyelets so you have one here and then two here on the low top just subtle little branding nodes on the back tab here a weird little chuck shape on the tongue it's like that a pentagon right five sides yep um branding here on the top you could technically lace a shoelace through here the super utilitarian 
Super useful, now out in two colors. There's like an army green and this navy. I'm actually going to go hang out with the homie uh, from, I was to say, from Nice Kicks in Arizona. Next month, we're going to a Mariners Diamondbacks game, and I actually might be wearing these now because the Devin Booker connection and the Mariners colors, it was meant to be. And also, wear your shoes. I had these on earlier today. Look at how busted these these Michigans are getting. Wear your shoes. This. Wow. Bro, flexing. I don't even have shoes on. Yeah, in that case, show those feet, Nick. We know, what, we know what the internet likes. It's chunky white feet. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yep. <laughs> Robbie, what, what insole I'm is in that? I'm happy you brought that, that up. I just threw roll. them Chuck. far away from me. So. Uh, they're difficult to grab, but luckily the box with the other <laughs> shoe is here. I pulled it out because I was like, what's going on here? And it's like a full-on, if you're a short king, it gives you, it's double stack. It's like CX foam yeah. stack. Ooh. Um, again, why you should be only buying Chuck 70s. Do not buy, I mean, please buy whatever you want from Converse. But the Chuck 70, paying the 20 bucks for the improved tooling is crazy. It's a leather. This is like, it's a synthetic leather, but it's like a leather uh, sock liner. But this is thick, like, I don't know if you get the ASMR on that. But, uh... Um, I was thinking a couple other set of letters, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, but you, <laughs> when you step into it, I'm happy you brought that up, Mick, because, like, it, it's a really kind of a weird feeling. Actually, now I'm curious. I don't do this a lot. And the old, oh, they did it on both. So this is from the mid-top from last year. And it's also stacked up, but this is just like a normal nylon. Uh, yeah, interesting. The, the stacked up heel, which you can feel. That's the deal. Yeah, unreal. That's a huge. I mean, that's a huge difference. <laughs> that's a huge difference for Chucks, man. I have probably. I I, I feel so disgusting sometimes on this podcast talking to people about my shoes. I have like probably close to 40 pairs of Chucks, maybe even 45 now. And I almost never wear the old ones anymore because all the new ones, whenever the colors come out that I want, they all have like some variation of like better cushioning. And if you've ever worn Chucks for an entire day, they are, I say this lovingly, they are the worst, most uncomfortable shoes you can wear for an entire day because you're used to wearing all these other crazy cushionings sneakerheads are, you know, like we're all wearing stuff that's like mass, massive cushioning, right? Like all the way through, even old stuff is so much more advanced than, than Chuck's, but I just, it's still my favorite shoe, like easily by far. But like the new stuff with the cushioning, there's some that have the, there's some had the zoom bags in them too so the zoom bag is a game Crazy. changer i was wrong the cx foam is not on the drop-in it's actually in the strobel like this is a whole cx foam strobel and cx foam is converse's it's a mix in my opinion between lunar lawn and react it's much harder than react but softer than lunar lawn but it, it's full length in this puppy and then you have this like little man wedge going on you can legitimately wear these all day. I'm not just saying that to go buy a pair, but like you can wear this crap all day yeah. and it looks like an, it's, it's a chuck, right? There's no, you wouldn't know anything weird. There's no like zoom or anything, but yeah, full length foam. It's so much different than old chucks. Anywho. Honestly, Converse should just embrace that. Like they should, they should go 
you know, man wedge as the marketing term for. I would like to eat a man wedge while wearing my man wedge. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, I knew the no, I, I mean, knew it was in there. It's like I didn't know it was full length. That's nice. Robbie, you may have caused me to buy my first pair of Converse. It's been one of those things that uh, growing up, I was always intrigued by it because all my friends wore them. But I come from an immigrant family and my dad was like, there's not enough cushioning. There's not enough this. There's not enough that. We did not move to this country so you can wear chucks and be lower middle class. I'm like, okay, let's not get elitist about it, Papa. (laughs) You know what's funny is I I was so elitist about it as a kid because my stepdad specifically always wore chucks and always wanted me to wear chucks. And I was like, I'm not wearing those basic ass shoes. Like I want Nike air. Or I want like Reebok with the hexalite, you know, like I want, you know, like real like cushioning. And probably by the time I was like 13, 14, I was just like, man, chucks are like so classic. So from then on, it just been like constant, like, Ooh, orange, light blue, purple, Navy blue, white, like, my my brother got married in Chucks, so I've got a pair of Chucks that have, you know, like the wedding date on the back for the, the groomsmen and all that stuff. Like it just my one of my best friends got married in Chucks, so I've got like a black pair with purple laces for that wedding. Wow. My chemical it's romance themed on classic. that one. Let, let, let me just finish off this that thought though. <laughs> yeah. That's that's King's theme, right, Nick? Black and well, purple. I mean Yeah, yeah. Anywho. Yeah. But um yeah. it's funny, Rowan would <laughs> wanted him parents wouldn't let him have it nick parents had it he didn't want it mine i wanted them and my parents bought me freaking airwalks kid you not i remember specifically opening the box and being like on two different times being like oh dope like the 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 chuck box hasn't changed in diameter very much um it dimensions very much and i'm like oh these are gonna be tight airwalks two different times and i was like oh i I didn't get until my 30s i didn't own a pair of chucks until my 30s and now I've literally taken off heat and just like put on a pair of chucks to be like these fit these fit the vibe more because they do trucks fit. There's a chuck for literally any vibe. I hate saying that again, but any vibe you have. There's a chuck for it. There's no wrong answer. Do you want to be kind of That's a, do, do you shop on essence a lot? Right. Essence sales. There's a, a cold wall chuck here for you. Like anything you need, baby. That's a billion dollar campaign. Sign him up, Nike. There's a, the only vibes we're looking for in sneaker history in 2023 and beyond is that money vibe. I mean, there's a slam jam. There's NBA jams yeah. from a couple yeah, years well, ago. Oh. There's just like anything you can think of. There's a Chuck for. I'm done. Is there a Chuck for Kyrie Irving? How about that segue? Yes, I mean, yes. I bet you that fool is still amongst his old tumultuous relationship with Nike. You don't stop wearing chucks. I bet you there's still a pair of chucks on Kyrie's feet, not photoed, not pictured in the next six weeks. He still wears chucks. Everybody does. Okay, I'm done now. But just... I mean, you've left us speechless. I mean, that's like watching Kyrie dribble a basketball and finish <laughs> with his offhand at like such an absurd angle, like verbally. And I mean this in the most respectful way to you, and maybe not as much to Kyrie, but you are the Kyrie of this podcast in certain moments, Robbie. And then we, you make me touch grass. You make me believe the earth is flat sometimes at the levels of logic jumping that you do. So I appreciate you for that. It's not much, but it's honest work. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Let's talk about this Kyrie situation. 
So, actually, I'll let, do you guys well, have the, 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 the details spiel. pulled up on it? When you're not on mute, yeah, I'm just kidding. You're on mute. Still on mute. Damn it. How about now? How about now? Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, Mike, please deep fake Mike into this podcast episode real soon. Anyway, NBA star Kyrie Irving inked a shoe deal with Chinese sports brand Anta, the company announced Tuesday, a victory for the often controversial sports star who was shunned by U.S. brands last year after promoting an anti-Semitic film on social media and reigniting questions over the NBA's relationship with China. We won't go into that, but we will talk about the fact that the deal comes off seven months after Nike canceled Irving's estimated $11 million annual deal after he promoted said documentary and initially refused to apologize for it. How much Irving will be made in this new Anta deal is yet to be released. However, as part of the deal, Irving will be tasked with recruiting more basketball players, independent brands, influential figures in pop culture, artists, musicians, pioneers in environmentalism, trailblazers in humanitarianism, and designers to also collaborate with him to create additional product lines under the Kyrie signature. That's all we know. So let's talk about this from a couple different things. I don't want to go pocket watching, and thankfully for us, Forbes has said we will not know the estimates of the figures involved. Do you guys think he would be able to deliver what essentially Anta is asking him to deliver in his new role? Go ahead, Nick. I don't really know what to think about this whole thing. To be honest, like it, I'm just kind of dumbfounded that it that someone with Kyrie's abilities has like like put himself in just such a contrarian position about everything that what he does. You know, like I understand the want and need to be independent. I understand the you know, like his stepmom is his agent, right? Like, I understand that, like, at this point in your life, you probably don't trust too many people the way that you've been attacked by the media, legitimately or not, right? But, like, at the same time, I'm not, like, optimistic that Anta's going to sell a bunch of shoes in the U.S. I don't think Kyrie is going to have, like, a D-Wade level, you know, like, where people pay attention to, to, to leaning and the way of Wade line, like, like regular sneakers at this point in the U S I think maybe not to the extent of like Nike basketball or something, but I think that, I think that the, the weirdest or the, the most, maybe not the most expected, but like something that I am expecting out of this is Kyrie's career being played in China in the next five years. Like, I think he's, he's, you know, go back to the days of Iverson going over there towards the end of his career. There's plenty of players that have gone to play in China, but like Kyrie now has like, he might as well, right? Like then he gets to avoid all of the like NBA China talk. He, he gets to avoid all of the, like, you know, the people that are all the crazies that believe the world is round and, you know, the earth is a globe and all those things. So like, it just, it's just an odd choice though. Like. Anta's not going to, 
Antos never had like a top tier NBA player at their peak. Not that Kyrie is at his peak. I think he's probably, you know, close to it still, but like a little bit beyond it. And like for them, it makes total sense. It's going to it's going to be, you know, like kids, kids love playing in Kyrie's shoes because they see him, you know, dribble circles around half the NBA. So or more than half the NBA. So I think it's good for them. I just don't. I don't see him getting any more freedom air quotes here. If you're just listening to the podcast and not watching on our Patreon, I think that is just, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Robbie, before you go, I also wanted to add that part of the deal. He's also given the unique title of chief creative officer. So do with that what you will. Now I think Robbie's on. There's there's a couple there's a couple things that Nick you're very right about, but I think are ultimately still in Kyrie's favor. I did I looked it up last year. Kyrie was still an All Star last year. He's been an All Star three of the last five seasons, four of the three if you want to get like really particular in a tight thing. So he is still at the top of his game. The media and himself brings his value down the basketball value is 100% still there the ostracizing of himself and the blistering media coverage around that has really deflated his value so what do you do when your value is deflated you go to where people find value in you think back to Stefan Mawberry you brought up Allen Iverson that's a success story these aren't going to be Kmart shoes that are purposely super cheap in the states but Mawberry was tired of people hating the way he was but didn't want to change the way he was much like Kyrie Irving and became a God in China. I think Kyrie still has a couple more than a couple more years in the NBA. Still Dallas just signed him to like three years, $116 million. So he's going to be there until he talks himself out of the league. I think that's going to be his biggest issue. It's Plexico bursting, Plexico bursting himself. He's going to shoot himself in the foot every chance he can, but he doesn't need to sell shoes in America is, is my big takeaway. No one's ever going to buy an answer shoe caveat. Hold that thought. But in the Chinese market, when you're going to go compete against Starberry, when you're competing against um, Jeremy Lin's signature shoe, when you're competing against um, Dwight Howard, when you're competing against, I mean, Dwight Howard's in Taiwan, but like when you're in that area of the world competing against competing against players on brands that aren't popular in America, Kyrie instantly becomes a beacon. Like we have the brightest one over there. Like it never needs to sell another shoe in America yeah. the same way. Clay Thompson doesn't sell shoes in America, but his mentality, everything about clay. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I got right? a pair of clays. No, you can't. Some people do. Right. But like, they're not moving. There's not clay commercials. <laughs> they're not moving clay units outside of, yeah. you know, San Francisco, but you don't need to go yeah. do any of that stuff in the States, man. It's just like we value – it's hilarious saying this. We value saying the right thing, and then we – are whatever that means. Basically, we love to just to like – you say one wrong thing. You say something that's bad. You're done. You get blackballed quick. China does not do that to people. If Kyrie is a wizard and the commercials in China – aren't going to be like, they're not going to be Kyrie speaking in English on a commercial to be Kyrie photoshopped out the NBA logo, doing basketball things in a Jersey. Cause he sells the product with his play. 
people in China yeah. are never, for the most yeah. part, going to be as big as Yao Ming, right? That's not a normal thing. A lot of players are going to be about Kyrie Irving's size. They can look to him and say, like, oh, my God, with enough practice, I can be a little bit like that. The same way people gravitate towards Steph Curry. If you're five foot 11, you're going to gravitate towards Steph Curry because that shooting talent is going to be what you have. If you're five foot 11 and you want to dribble the ball really well, Kyrie Irving doing that in a shoe. It doesn't matter what shoe. You're going to want to be like it. And it's the market. The feelings on Kyrie really get wrapped up into like how people feel about this deal. And it makes total sense. Like He makes it very difficult to put that to the side. Like It's almost like a game to him to like push the bear as far as he can. But from like a number standpoint, this is actually going to be a really cool thing for Anta. And like, last little thought, bringing friends together, Salihe got people to look at Anta, what, four years ago with his Anta collabs and like 10 different colorways. Those things are still hot. I looked to try to buy a pair about five weeks ago. I saw somebody in Portland wearing them. And the Anta Salihe stuff is dope. Like, it's really good. If Kyrie can get contrarian, I'm not saying Salihe is a contrarian, but if he can get other like-minded, maybe contrarian-like designers and creatives to come work with that brand, Anta is capable of making really cool-looking shit. So is it likely? I'm not yeah. going to bet money on it. I'm not looking to buy Kyrie product. But if like a Salihe 2 ex-Kyrie looking technical shoe comes out like and it's good isn't good design good design like it's it's tough and i think that's where onto may succeed because my perception of the leaning performance-based wave weight sneakers is the fact that they perform really well like they are lack of a better term the lamborghini the ferrari of athletic footwear in that sense at least that's how they've marketed it especially at that price point point. and to robbie's point there are certain designs that are inalienable so if you like that design and it holds up to whatever your playing standards are on the court then more power to you Kyrie irving has benefited from the fact that he has been born at the time that he was born because this is the golden era of point guard based product Steph, Kyrie, all these guys are closer to us in terms of their actual size, like Robbie mentioned. So there is that connection there that's just not possible. I love watching Nikola Jokic play. I wish I could pass the ball as well as him. Unfortunately, there's no magic mushroom a la Mario that lets me grow up to be seven feet tall and be Serbian. But at the same time, I wonder that with Kyrie, there is that quotient to poke the bear, to push the bear off the cliff just to see what it is. And then you always hide back behind the fact, well, I'm just being critical. Everybody's a sheep. I'm trying to be the one person that's going off the divergent path. It's all well and good as long as your skills maintain a certain level. If he does go to China, like Nick is predicting, I think he gets a longer runway because apologies, I'm not that much of a Chinese basketball connoisseur, but I don't think that initially their league is as strenuous and as demanding from a physicality perspective the same way the NBA is. So he has that working for him. The other thing I wanted to broach on you two about is we're all fairly connected within this sneaker industry. We all have friends that are a little bit more vociferous and like to let their feelings be known about this. I think there was a commonality in some of the influencers or designers or friends that we have that were all kind of asking Kyrie not to do this in a sense. And it felt that, and this is once again my own opinion, and I'm using those psychology words of I think, I feel, I know. I don't know this, but I feel that... 
the community in general thinks Kyrie can do better than Anta, but I think what Anta allows Kyrie to do is remain unchecked because he truly seems to be at his best when he's unchecked. Do you guys feel that's appropriate or what do you think may be some drawback behind this alliance? I mean, I, so I should just preface by saying like, I've never been like a Kyrie fan. I, maybe it's cause he went to Duke. Sorry to my friend, Brian also went to Duke. Two of my friends named Brian also went to Duke. Um, nothing against Duke. Really. I was just always on the Carolina side of that heated battle, but like, I just never was really a big fan of him. He's amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, arguably top 10 point guard all time, maybe even higher, you know, like there's no doubt that you could have that conversation. But for me, he was never really like an ex like he's exciting to watch, but I never resonated with him personally. I thought there were some cool colorways that came out through the Nikes, you know, the, the second and third shoe, maybe the fourth shoe, but like throughout that I didn't, I never bought any Kyrie's because I wasn't really interested in him as a human being, which is, I'm probably the anomaly in, in a lot of this sneaker purchasing because like, I really do buy because I ha have a personal connection with something or, or, you know, believe in the person off the court type of thing. But like, that is kind of interesting to think about. Like he, he can kind of sidestep all of those conversations. And that to me is like, it's it's going to be really difficult for him to compete with what's coming in the basketball footwear market scene for everyone, right? Kobe's are coming back. Kobe is undeniably the most popular NBA athlete in China still to this day. I don't think that anybody's buying Anto or leaning over a pair of Kobe's. I think that ultimately will become the choice, you know, like for consumers over there, but like, he's still going to do well. He's going to be able to like avoid some of the, like maybe more controversial things that would, he's still going to have to deal with them because he's playing in the NBA and you know, like, like it or not, you're more than an athlete. Like that's just the way it is. We look at you differently in the United States, like, you know, on both sides of that coin too, like good and bad, in my opinion, like I hundred percent, you know, understand that, you know, these, these guys are not, not everyone is signed up to be, you know, LeBron James and start schools and build empires. And that's, that's totally okay. Not everybody has to do that, you know, but when you come across so strongly and so opinionated to your point, Roy, it's like almost as if once you've chosen to go against that and stand your ground as I'm the one that goes against, and I'm not the sheep you almost make choices based on that just because that's the choice. Right. And like, sometimes the popular thing is the right thing. Like, you know, sometimes mainstream is, is what's the best choice for you as a human being. Like, you know, I'm not saying like go eat McDonald's every day, but like certain things in life got to that point because it works for everyone across the board or in the, in the broadest sense. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he goes down that path. Cause the other aspect of this that hasn't really been talked about a lot anywhere that I've seen online is that Kanye is also that contrarian at this point, right? He wasn't for most of his music career and most of his footwear stuff. And then he became so contrarian towards everything 
that like, to your point, wrote, you're, you might be able to pull designers from the easy, you know, from the easy team and have them become a part of the, the onto team. Like there's definitely some really interesting things that can happen. But if we're being really honest about that aspect of it and like, you know, like what, uh, what Robbie was talking about, about the collabs and the potential collabs that only matters here in the United States. And it's such a small piece of what he'll end up selling in China. So roughly 385 million worth of Nikes from what I saw on, uh, I think it was on boardroom, but, um, $385 million worth of shoes is a, is a lot. But when your market is, you know, what, four or five times bigger in China, that probably won't take too long to get to a point where he's making mm -hmm. a significant amount of money. And that's where, like, m my gut is that, like, he just sees that and is like, well, might as well continue my career. Like, look, his skill level, if he keeps in shape, he could play till he's late 40s in China. Nothing against, you know, CBA or whatever, like, but like your competitive level at, at the NBA, you're the best in the world, right? Like everybody comes to the NBA cause it's the best in the world and you want to compete at that level. If your goal is to just, you know, like maintain and, and keep it moving and, and make money, you don't have to like the NBA is not the end all be all place for a basketball player to make money. There are plenty of guys that play, you know, FIBA and, and more pro-am leagues and play in pro leagues all around the world that make a living and have a good life mm -hmm. playing basketball. And, you know, like that's a really interesting thing to think about as he goes and tries to figure out what that marketing looks like, because it's completely different, right? Like if he's thinking about the United States and traditional ways of doing it, he's probably going up the steepest hill that he's ever seen. If he, if he is completely open to that change and going towards the Chinese market, hundred percent, then maybe he does become the next D Wade, and maybe we start to see Kyrie well, sneakers. And here's 10 years something here in the that States. is really great to bring up. I didn't think about the whole Kobe retro line coming back as a factor, but here's something to think about. I know a lot of people personally who are no longer Nike employees who don't like wearing Nike shoes anymore because they were fired. They've also been ingrained to dislike Reebok and Adidas, so they won't wear Reebok or Adidas. I was hanging out with a Nike former employee last week wearing Allbirds, wearing another a, a different former employee wearing Ons. Like, Kobe stuff is always going to be Kobe, and that's always going to be the popular, and in my opinion, the best option, right? But there are enough people in this world who have been, and not just Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, who want to be a part of the counterculture, who are either sick or were a part of the popular culture and have been burnt too many times and just don't care about it anymore. You age out of it. There's there's levels. I call it the, the J.J. Reddick effect. J.J. Reddick wore Nike his whole career. Now that he has an own little podcast, you won't see one athletic brand logo on any of his clothing. That fool doesn't wear a Nike check, polo, everything has a dog on it. It's very brand neutral. Kyrie has an opportunity like on Hoka, Saucony, these brands that are like small, not small, small, but this compared to Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Reebok are the counterculture. That market is growing and growing and growing as more options become available, independent brands, people 
are getting tired of looking like everybody else in some senses, right? People are going to want that. So there is an actual chance, in my opinion, for this Anta stuff and Kyrie to like find a little foothold. D Wade was dinosaur by the time, and D Wade's just an offshoot of Lingding. So it's like, it's a different situation. And even the little marketing photos I've seen of Kyrie is like lacing up a pair of black Antas. I don't know what that shoe's called. I don't see a logo on it. I see a techie looking black basketball shoe on, on Kyrie Irving's feet. They look kind of cool. Like, I'm not going to go buy a pair, but. To somebody who is over Nike, like I am not, they're going to look at that same photo of Kyrie Irving and be like, damn, that doesn't have a swoosh or a three-stripe on it, and I can go play basketball at 24-hour fitness in it. Where can I get a pair of that? Like, It's just like that door is creeping open more and more and more, and I think there's an opportunity there. Like Telling Kyrie, no, don't do this, what's he going to go do, sign like an apparel deal with Adidas after having a Nike signature? Like, No, he's not going to go do that. This is like his opportunity to do the Kyrie thing. And I think the Kyrie, there's a window for the Kyrie thing to walk through. And here's me walking into a point that I think ultimately, if this was Kyrie's legacy, it would be a great thing. One thing we all know about Kyrie Irving is he's a philanthropist in the most genuine sense of the word. He's been able to connect with the Standing Rock tribe of South Dakota because I believe his mom was a member of that. And apologies if that's inaccurate. I'll make a correction at the end once I stop talking. But he's donated money to WNBA players upwards to the likes of a $1.5 million so they could actually have some sort of living stipend while the pandemic was kind of closing their season. He's donated to the Pani Project, which is something that's kind of passionate in my regard because it provides fresh water sources in Pakistan and other areas that are close to India. So if that was his legacy, I would not have an issue with it. But then also on the other side of that coin, when I read back what he said publicly about his partnership with Anta, one thing he has made abundantly clear is he is targeting charities. He is targeting philanthropy. He is targeting these type of initiatives to help move the needle, so to speak, in terms of the apparel and the design. And I think if I'm going to make a, any sort of bold prediction about this is I don't think we're going to see traditional collaborations the same way we would in that Nike sense of, you know, athlete to athlete or in that Nike SB Dunk sense of athlete to a corporation. This is going to be very much philanthropic based. Now, one thing I will also say about Kyrie as a salesman, and I would love to get both of your thoughts on this, is he to me represents an upper echelon in terms of a natural salesman. I mean, lest we forget, and I think it was you, Nick, that brought this point up. And it's similar to Robbie's point around J.J. Redick. He's the only NBA player that I can think of recently that was able to get an entire marketing campaign and a movie without any sort of branding when it comes to that Uncle Drew Pepsi mythology. And like that is something to be admired about in terms of purely a business sense because I don't know if every signature athlete can move that level in terms of having his own IP, having his own movie. So he's got his credentials in that way. I think it is going to be a bit tough sledding, but to Robbie's point as well, you look at the Shockwave 5, if he has a moment in the way that he had a moment hitting the shot in Game 7 of the finals, because I would make the argument Kyrie has been living off that moment for seven years, and he really hasn't done anything else substantial since then. And if you want to talk to me about it, at me at MadWatcher789. It's ultimately going to come back to the performance of him, the performance of the sneaker, and how true does he stay to his vision? Because one thing I will say about Kyrie, I may not agree with a lot of what he says, but I do admire the fact that he sticks to his talking points and he sticks to his narratives. 
I don't like it when those narratives can prove to be dangerous to other members of society that may not have the certain luxuries that Kyrie Irving has, but it does, I guess, in a sick, sad way, deserve to be commended. I think, too, like the other thing that Robbie brought up, you know, we've all worked in various aspects of the sneaker business for a while and and off and on for a long time, in a sense. Right. And there's a difference between. Like choosing to go fully independent, you know, uh, Langston Galloway with ethics brand, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, you know, like like. That is truly independent, right? Hundred percent. Your name is on the line. Your name is on the sneaker. Everything about it is is you as an individual. Going to a brand like Anta, not 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 dismissing this, right? Like working in any industry, you're going to run into the same people from different companies. There are incredible people from Nike that work across the river at Adidas that work downtown at Keen, like. Industry is industry. If you work in an industry, you know how that works, right? Like your friend goes someplace for a couple of years and finally you're like, your boss is the, the guy you never wanted to work under, or you've got to deal with the, the person that you never wanted to work with. And now you're like, okay, I'm ready to leave the company. But like corporate is corporate, you know, like he's going to run into the same issues within Anta that he did at Nike, the same frustrations that he ran into. So at some point, I think, the self-reflection aspect of it has to be a part of the conversation for him if it's going to be successful, because, you know, ultimately I think he had access to the best team in the world when it comes to designing basketball sneakers. And ultimately it's on him to communicate clearly what he wants, what he needs, what his expectations are and come to a point and agree on this is what we're going to do. Because if he's just going to surround himself with yes men in a different company, eventually you're going to run into the same problems. Like you've already seen the same the, yeah, Kanye did the same thing, right? Like, you know, it's nothing against people that want to be a part of a business and work on these types of things because it's cool as hell to be able to say you worked on a sneaker or you worked on a marketing campaign for a sneaker or you wrote the storyline for these sneakers. That stuff is, is, you know, is a fun career for 95% of the world. And most people don't get that opportunity. So for me, I think like the, the self-reflection aspect of Kyrie needs to be where he finds himself. And hopefully that's been this last year or whatever of him not really having a deal and him kind of speaking out through his, you know, taping over his logos and all these things. But ultimately that's, what's going to make other people want to support you because at the end of the day, if you're going to be in a corporation where you are just a name attached to this other massive entity, like $385 million worth of basketball shoes for Anta is a big deal, but the company probably does billions every year across the board in China selling random footwear that we don't even know about. Right. And to me, that's like the, the end all be all is like, he has to be willing to hear feedback from people and, and take it and process it. And then come around with whatever he wants to do with it. But if he's not doing that, he's going to run into the same issues that he runs into at any point in his career, whether that's with with his basketball, you know, contracts or with his footwear contracts or whatever. It, it, it all comes down to being able to communicate with the people you're working with. And if you choose not to communicate, which from my impression, that's what happened to the end of his deal with Nike. 
you would get the same result, whether you were wearing three stripes or a Reebok logo or a swoosh, like it doesn't matter if you stopped and said, I'm done and never communicated. You can't expect to be successful at that. Like if I was like, just disappeared on you guys and was like, fuck sneaker history. I'm not doing a podcast anymore. And you guys kept recording. You'd be like, well, where's Nick? What's going on with Nick? You know, like that'd be weird as hell. And we would never have a successful podcast. So like, it's weird to me that like on one hand, yes, I a hundred percent agree with you. Some of the things that he does are incredible. And like, it's awesome that he does that because he's at a level of society that he doesn't have to right? Got money, got access, all those things. He's also said and done things that are very dangerous for certain groups. And that sucks. But ultimately he has to be able to will, he has to be willing to look at himself and say, is this my thing? Is this how I'm going to be? How am I going to work with others to make it happen? Because at the end of the day, he might be a great basketball player, but he has no idea how, a shoe is made. He has no idea how to market shoes compared to people that have had years of experience doing those. Yeah. Things. It's because really, I'm happy you brought up the philanthropy. That's just what we see. That's just one part of the puzzle as somebody who also likes donating time and money. Like I never like telling people what I really do because it's none of their business. It makes me feel weird. There's probably tons of stuff Kyrie does that is fantastic. Yep. And he's not like Tucker. He's not, he's not Tucker Carlson. It's, but he's just like, I say this to say there was one point where I loved Kyrie Irving Duke. I loved young, I've, I've, I've enjoyed Kyrie Irving for a long time, but in the past like three years, it's just like made it extremely difficult. And the same way I like little Wayne, but little Wayne's a Trumper. I don't care what little Wayne says. He doesn't affect my beliefs in anything. Kyrie doesn't affect my beliefs in anything. I'm not going to hear anything he says and say, I'm going to change how I feel because Kyrie feels this way. But a lot of people are impressionable and he needs to learn that what he says leaves and has leaves impressions and has repercussions. Like I'm a grown ass adult. I can look at Kyrie play basketball and say, damn, that's really tight. I can also just turn and I know how to turn everything off and just not listen to what he has to say in a post-game interview that doesn't have to do anything to do with basketball. I'm doing that to Kyrie. I'm doing that to pretty much everybody on this earth, except for like LeBron and like a handful of like celebrities, right? Because I don't know their real lives. They could all be ho horrible people in the quiet with NDAs. Nobody knows what's going on. But Kyrie just chooses to have exclamation parks points on each side of the scale. And it's just like, ugh. <laughs> like... Maybe a little more in the middle on some things, my guy. So it's, it's tough because I, I want – I don't like wishing ill on Kyrie. Like, he does a lot of good stuff, and he's a human being. Like, why would I want to wish ill on somebody? But I also don't have to support his product. I can also choose where to put my money. There's things – it's very – like many feelings in America, it's extremely complicated in my stomach. And it's just, and it's going to be a feeling that basketball players around the world are going to have to sit down with and say, does this bother me? Does it not bother me? Do I care? Is this too expensive? Is the LeBron on sale? There's, there's a whole bunch of like questions you have to ask yourself in making any purchase. So he just makes the question list a little bit longer. And I'm going to end my episode point with that. He just makes it a little bit longer, a little more difficult to come to a conclusion. Yep. And I'm in the unenviable task of hopefully coming to a conclusion for the end of this episode. I will say this. It is when it comes to the concept of defending whether you're an NBA player or a fan, it's hard to defend Kyrie Irving sometimes. 
So we have to always kind of have that in the back pocket, like Robbie so articulately or so eloquently articulated just now. The other thing I always know about Kyrie from a shoe perspective is he specialized in making so many fans from little ones. Like that's the number one legacy of the Kyrie shoe for me from a Nike perspective is how he was able to be that gateway into NBA fandom, into sneaker fandom for young athletes. And I am very interested to see how many of these young athletes follow him to Anta. But I think when there's this version of a podcast 15 to 20 years down the line, I think people are going to speak about their experience with the Kyrie brand the same way we talk about a Chuck or a Jordan because it was just that influential at this moment in time. Now, last thing I will also say is Kyrie Irving has a history of demanding to be the man, to be the number one option, whether it be on a team, whether it be in a financial endeavor or a philanthropic endeavor. Sorry, my pronunciation's off today. It's just a heavy subject. The history has not been good. He talked his way out of Boston. He's talked his way out of Cleveland. I hope for Kyrie's sake that this is a win for him, that he actually stays the course of five years. He stays the course in terms of delivering on those promises of making these collaborations that are thoughtful for not only me as a consumer, but me as a human being. And I'm just waiting with bated breath because if I ask this question to both of you right now, do you think he's going to see out his five years at Anta? Quick answer, yes or no, Nick? Robbie? Probably not. Yes, I think he will, actually. <laughs> Perfect. And I hope Robbie is right because then for me that re- that shows and reflects a maturity that right now we don't associate with Kyrie. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, I also want to apologize to the Discord crew because I completely meant to read some of the comments, but my login is not logging in to Discord right now. I was so, going to say, Nick, um, yeah, I was gonna say uh, don't ask thoughts, Robbie or I to go on the Discord right now. There's been some uh, cold wars that have been brewing in there, but all is water <laughs> under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you have any question, if you have any questions for us or comments about this particular Kyrie topic or anything else, make sure you hit the first link in the description wherever you're watching or listening to this episode. There's a great community of people. It does get a little bit tense at times because people are opinionated, but that's also why it's great too because we have some great debate about things. So um, hit that link and join us. Uh, follow us at Sneaker History on all the platforms. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks for a uh, good conversation. I'm hoping that People can. Uh, yeah, this is a serious one. We need on to be one. more goofy again. This is where Mike comes in. Miss you, Mike. <laughs> Bye. See you soon, Mike. All right. Thanks all for watching and listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.